If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Ian's giving me those bedroom eyes. Welcome to this edition of the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, March 13th, the last week of winter, 2018. That's Ian Ferguson. Hi. I'm Pat Contra. We're gonna we're gonna go through some some gaming topics with you all out there. Y'all. Yo. We're talking about that Nintendo Direct that dropped a few days ago. We're talking about the uh the future of the Super Mario cereal. The, a seducer <laughs> game taken off uh the PS4 store. Uh, we're talking about Hong Kong 97 game found. The White House, pretending to know anything about violence in video games and what that means. Pretending to know anything about anything. The first Patreon topic that you guys chose out there, if you're on our, our Patreon, as well as the Patreon voice Q&A. Ian, welcome to the Breakfast Club. Hello. This is officially the earliest we've ever recorded a, a CU podcast. It's, over, it's before 10 a.m. Pacific Standard. Yeah. How you doing? I'm good. I'm all right. You're, you're in a lot better shape than I thought you would yeah. be at this point. And I was having a rough morning, too. Really? Oh, yeah. I want to point the mic a little bit t- towards your face a little bit. Point it at my face. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We've only doing this for four and a half years. We're, we're semi-professional here. So I still don't have stuff on, on, the, uh, on the wall behind you. It's almost the same exact. looks as, almost the same exact this room has since we uh, started two weeks ago. Little dust there. Yeah. Hey, sorry, man. You want to, we, don't, we don't have that in the budget. That, that can be a Patreon tier. <laughs> Dusting. Um, but I do have Gogo up there. Yeah, that's Percy nice. of uh, Adam of Square Painter. I think I bought that, what, they were like five years ago? It's my last, or four years ago, my last uh, MAGFest? Yeah, that, that was, was the last MAGFest. It's like four years ago. 2014? It was 2014. Holy shit. Wow. The last the last uh, retroware hurrah for me. That's what that was. That was a fun time. And, of course, we got Frank. Uh, hanging out there but yeah things are good tax season went to do my taxes with murray on oh, thursday how's murray murray's great okay murray's more worried about how much i owe than me but i i know how much <laughs> i owe and it's not going to be a little so murray going back to thailand anytime soon yeah he, he murray goes to thailand for like three months out of the year he said patrick it's paradise out there i'm telling you you live like a king for like thirty thousand a year you're like the king out there no it's fantastic hope you're not listening to this murray um, I, I, I should go to Thailand at some point and watch some boxing, go to some temples. They have awesome beaches out there. I just want to eat. And you can eat. You can eat there, too. That's all I ever want to do when I, wherever I go. Just eat. You can eat anywhere, but I, I guess in Thailand, you can get some nice Thai food in Thailand. Yeah, like local delicacies. Local delicacies. They have anything with a bun, a spongy bun. If they do, I'd eat it. Speaking of that, of a spongy bun, uh, I was in um, Mission Beach. I, I rarely go there. I checked out the, the yoga studio there. Check out Mission Beach Yoga. just opened up. And there is a taco place that uses, it's a rice, foamy rice uh, shell. Hmm. It's better than it should be. 
It's fluffy but thick and, and and light. It's delicious. I had their shrimp taco and they had a carnitas. Yeah, skeptical face. Try it. Is it crunchy? No, it's just soft and fluffy. It's almost like having an omelet around your, the meat inside your taco. It shouldn't work on paper, but it works. All right, I'll give it a go. It, yeah, yeah. I was the same way. I was like, yeah, this is like a gimmick, you know. But it, I, I wish I could plug the name of it. But it's it's on the main thoroughfare there. What's the, the main Mission Beach thoroughfare there? Something is it Mission Beach Boulevard? I don't know. Seagull Drive. I, I have no idea. The, the same, the, the one strip, strip that there's only Mission Beach is like three blocks wide. So it's the one strip going up to PEB. That's the one. Well, I'm going to there. Taco Fest in May. So hopefully they'll do Oh, okay. That. Yeah. You can go to the, the Pork Roll Fest in, in outside of Trenton. Uh, Taco Fest is fantastic. Salt and Pepper will be there with Spinderella. I heard about that. Yeah. I think, I think your better half told me about I'm that. I'm super excited. You're going to say, oh, you tweeted at me once. Or <laughs> you favorite tweet. So excited. All right. Ian. Uh, oh, by the way, we have, uh, we have new Patreon. Oh, yeah. Tiers. We should mention that. We should, so we, we, we revamped the Patreon. I know you guys don't like the e-begging, but we've actually made it better value. Yep. So we have new tiers and we lowered the overall price. If you want to listen to the, we always have the full video podcast. Uh, which has our awkward, awkward transitions and things like that. And then we have a monthly hangout. If you want to hang out with Ian on a Google Hangout, yes, that'd be great. You'll have he'll probably have a little bit more energy than he has right now. I'd hope. And who knows? Maybe I'll stop in I too. I was barfing all morning. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good to know. Good to know you got that. Got the poison out. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's, uh, it wasn't a hangover. But we all, we still have the call in number if you guys want to leave us a message or ask a question. We have that and the exclusive podcast clips. We had a Logan Paul clip that didn't go up on YouTube for the public last time. That if you're on Patreon, you saw us talk about uh, that whole that whole thing. And then we have uh, the Ian's weekly blog. Mm-hmm. The fir- and the first one will go up by the time you see this. It should be up where he'll be writing about you know whatever's on his mind. Store thoughts, maybe Buffalo stories, running with his <laughs> Buffalo gang. <laughs> I have a lot of. The Chili Wings gang of Buffalo. The Chili you know, Wings? Of Third Street. The Third Street <laughs> Buffalo Wingies. And also, we're going to have a Patreon topic going forward. Uh, we'll have one specific video that will be seen by everyone, but it'll be up online on Patreon first, where you guys will vote on the topic. And that's going to come up later. We'll be talking about uh, games, retro games that first blew us away the first time we played them. Yep, that was the first voted on topic. So that's the one we'll be talking about later. So thanks so much for our support. It's patreon.com slash see you podcast and you know give us a try you know we gotta you know this this didn't we throw a change. discord aren't we throwing a discord up there too we'll, we'll do a discord as well i still have to get that that'll that'll be a tier as well we'll do a discord all of the you don't have to name the name the room for the discord that'll be an interesting name try to oh. keep it pg-13 all right so ian there was a nintendo direct uh a few we're not too far away it's like four days ago so i don't feel like we're that far yeah, behind we're, the news we're not, we're not that bad this and time. they covered uh, a handful of 3ds games and there was also a bunch of Switch games. You want to run through what you think the highlights were, starting with the 3DS stuff? Yeah, so um, for 3DS, they mentioned WarioWare Gold, um, a remake of Mario and Luigi's Bowser's Inside Story with some um, additional content, uh, you know, starring uh, Bowser Jr., uh, Detective Pikachu, and a remaster of Luigi's Mansion. And uh, I'll just name some Switch stuff too, and then we'll we'll go into um, we'll go into some of the better stuff. You want to more over, just go over the 3DS stuff, though? Yeah, let's go to let's go over the 3DS stuff real quick. So, uh, WarioWare Gold looks fantastic. Definitely gonna snap that up. Um, it looks to be a combination of um, the micro games from multiple entries in the series. Uh, they said that there was going to be 
uh, more in this one than any of the previous games. Um, this is a series that I, I love. Have you ever played any of the WarioWare games? I believe you oh, played yeah. Smooth, Smooth Moves. Smooth Moves. I, I, play, I completed on that 100% on the Wii. That's fantastic. Right. Um, I love these games. They're great for travel, um, and they're they're just super addictive. Uh, I've been waiting for another one to come out forever. So they're, this they're is, literally games that take five seconds, three seconds to five. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. so short, but it's like you have to figure out what to do real quick, and it's like uh, plucking a nose hair of, of Wario. Press or, A to catch toast, or you know, yeah. There, there's I guess at this point a thousand different mini games across. What's it been like five games in the series, something like that? GBA. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, GBA, I, I don't even want to get GameCube, uh, Wii. And then there was Wii, a, was a Wii U one. There was Twisted, Twisted. Tu- there was Twisted, Twisted Touch, um, Smooth Moves, Smooth Moves, a GameCube, and then there was one where you could make your own. Yeah, so there, there was quite a few entries in the series. Um, but yeah, they're they're fantastic, and they um, they a lot of some of the games poke fun at other Mario properties like Punch Out. Game and, and Wario was the Wii U one. Okay. Uh, yeah, which isn't really necessarily oh it isn't okay yeah okay well how you count there's like five or six games right how how you count it so that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting um detective pikachu was mentioned i I, i'm looking forward to it uh the the graphics you know and everyone's a little i don't know i i kind of thought everyone was going to be excited for detective pikachu but i i'm very much looking forward to it it's gonna be a a linear game where you just sort of walk through and solve stuff i don't care it's pikachu dressed up as a detective i guess if that's the (laughs) i think that's the main selling point i think people are still upset about not having danny devito ryan reynolds will be voicing the film version which i think is interesting yeah so so you have a nice sarcastic Pikachu, right? I guess that'll people will see that. It's it, it'll do okay. The I, movie, I'll go see it. The game will do well. Obviously, anything anything with Pokemon or Pikachu, and uh, Luigi's Mansion remake. Uh, the remake for that, um, it'll be neat to have. I think both Luigi's Mansion games on one system. Um, the new 3ds XL or the new 3ds in in general will be a great system for it. Um, with the two analog sticks, uh, it will have everything it needs. Um, they're going to put the map on the bottom screen. This is one of the best. Uh, this is why I love the the 3DS or the DS in general. And it's going to be something I'll miss on the Switch. Is the two screens never really worked out for gameplay? I don't think, but it was great in terms of having a map at sure. hand or having an inventory at hand without something having a extra. To, yeah, without having to pull up extra screens while you're playing games it was that simple little thing on the ds that really made me love it so they'll be using that to its advantage um with the luigi's mansion remake and uh, i believe there's going to be extra content with this nintendo's always good about adding extra stuff yeah you're buying the game for the fifth time we'll we'll throw you a bone or two hey this is the first time they've they've redone luigi's mansion (laughs) yeah this is the first time we'll be they'll they'll do it one more probably (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They'll do a Switch one in three years. Uh, so, in general, about the 3DS, we know that they're slowly winding down here. We've said that for a while. Um, well, and the more we say it, the more it seems like they're they've they've slowed it down. But it it seems like they have no real interest right now in in totally wrapping it up. And well, I think that's fine. Well, announcing a handful of games for the next two years isn't isn't wrapping it up. You think? That's all. I mean, five games over the next two years, from what we know. Well, I think most of those are supposed to be this year, with the exception of the Mario and Luigi that's what Bowser's I mean, Inside Story. So I mean, 
And there's also like I think another four um, RPGs coming out this year. I'm not saying that this is a ton, but it, I did mention it on Twitter. I, I, for as long as um, Nintendo wants to keep kicking along the 3DS by releasing a few games, I'm, I'm happy with that. There's still a bunch of people who haven't adopted the Switch who would like to, and it's it's, a, it's, it's enough. A it's it's enough system. to make people realize it still exists. Yeah, and, but, but and, you're not necessarily going to sell a huge amount of new systems. No, no. But I think by supporting it with a couple of these titles here and there, it, it it's goodwill for people who perhaps bought a Wii U and had a 3DS. And the Wii U failed, and they haven't bit into the Switch yet. It's, it's a consolation prize for, so, for the Wii U not getting, no one caring about the Wii U ever. <laughs> and, and honestly, some of these games probably would work better on the 3DS. I mean, when you look at the, um, you know, the Luigi's Mansion port, you know, the second screen helps. And something like Bowser's Inside Story actually uses the touch in the second screen probably a bit more than the Switch. That then, you know, would make sense. Wouldn't make sense to put it on the Switch. Sure. So anything, anything else in the 3DS? Uh, no. On, on, on the the Neo Geo, Geo Pocket Color version of the Shut Direct. <laughs> so we go to the Switch, which was obviously the main event. It was like, oh, let's get the 3DS out of the way. And so Kirby Kirby Star Allies looks pretty cute, which I think is out this week. So I'll have to grab it's like that. It's a cute little action platformer. Yeah, I'm, I love uh, anything Kirby. Okami HD. I'm, I'm not f- totally familiar with Okami. I think I, I own it on the Wii, but I don't think I've ever played it. So that, that's a cool little re-release. Sushi Striker. That looked cute. And that's on both. <laughs> that looked cuter than I thought I, it would No, I'm super... It's a puzzle action not, game. It, 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 it's, yeah, mostly like action. It's, it's, it's almost like Yoshi's Cookie. You're like matching up sushis and patterns, and then they limit it. You can throw them at it. It's I don't cute. think it looks anything like Yoshi's. Well, cookie. in terms of a puzzle game where you can, you have to match similar. <laughs> I'm looking for a comparison, Dan. Damn it, uh, um, Octopath Traveler, which looks cool, it has the worst name of a game I think I've come across in quite some time, but it's a cool looking JRPG with little uh, like jump out 16 bit sprites. Price. That's interesting. I think it looks great, and I'm I'm very excited about it. I have not played... It's a worse name. I have not played the demo yet, but if I'm not mistaken, some of the team is from... Some of the team is um, from the teams that have done um, previous Saga games, mm-hmm. like Saga Frontier or the, the other in the Saga series. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting. And when you look at how the system is going to play out and stuff like that, it looks very cool. Um, I'm a fool. I'm afraid that some people are getting a little too hyped for it because I do have a feeling it's going to be kind of an obtuse game once you get into it. Oh, it won't be like a standard. I, I, yeah, RPG. it's not going to be anything like a standard RPG. Okay, have, um, which could be very, very much in its favor. We have Travis strikes again. No more heroes. That's going to be cool. Which is there's like a co-op mode. It looked like to that, which was interesting. Yep, I think so. Um, and it's like overhead third person hack and slash looked interesting yeah it takes travis touchdown from the no more heroes series and literally just puts him in different video game worlds and he has to go and defeat the bosses um it's one of suda 51's game series and uh when they announced the switch he actually came out and said that he was doing something for it and that it was likely going to be this and here it is so we are seeing promises made by developers during that conference come to fruition all right hear that ea not going to forget that betrayal. Dark Souls Remastered. 
I think it's. I think it'll it'll sell well. Oh, it'll sell like hotcakes. Yeah. And you know it's a little bit older at this point. You know, I think it'll 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 be something different just to spice it up. Um, Mario Tennis Aces. That to me looks was, so good. <laughs> that to me was probably the highlight of the entire Nintendo Direct. To me, was that game that looked way more interesting than I did with the super shots and the counters and the timing on that. Like that looked like okay, this could be an interesting yes versus standard um, tennis. And there is a standard tennis mode too. But for that to build up, it's almost it's almost like a fighting game uh, structure. Yeah. to that. With um, you know the build racket up. breaks and stuff yeah. like that, if you don't counter properly, build up your specials um, and then to really unleash it. But you don't have to to win. But if you really want to make sure you win, it's like a, it's like why I hate modern fight, fighting games. I don't memorize how to build up your meter and everything and do the specials. But uh, but it looks interesting. A lot there. The, yeah. the um, I can't remember some of the terms they used, but you know the 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 fast move. You know the dashing essentially. The jump, the jump counter. I was gonna say the trick shots. The um, you know the basic aiming shots, then the super shots, the the breaking of the um, the uh, the rackets, so you can mm-hmm. get because it looked like you could win via like you can essentially break, a KO yeah, or you can by break, points. You break the racket all three times. I guess you win that particular game or the set. Or I think the, the set, yeah. Oh, the set or maybe the, that game. But either way, it looked or game, not the yeah, whole match, not the whole match. Yeah. So yeah, I like the different. There's like a nice grass court outside. Looking, I don't know. It looks it looks fun. I don't. I haven't played a lot of the, the Mario tennis games, uh, but it, it looks interesting. It looks like it can be good for sports fans, and uh, you know, just a regular sort of pongish type game. I mean, that's really what it is. Tennis, when you come down to it, well, well, yeah, pong is tennis. I love pong arcade tennis. tennis games, and the one that they put out on the Wii U did not interest me. It looked not so good, and the giant mushroom thing looked really gimmicky. And this looks to be really on point you can so. aim aim your special shots so you can actually point and yeah pinpoint it for like a you know for your maximum sort of ability uh so no i i think this looks looks uh looks decent i think i think this would be worth picking up uh be interesting to see what they do with it, like any tournaments and things of that nature they said um, they were going to oh cool yeah uh captain toad treasure tracker captain toad's a fantastic game um definitely one that i'm happy will have uh that other people will finally get a chance to play i almost feel like it was underrated on the wii u itself so i'm glad people get another chance at it um they did say it's gonna get a bunch of bonus levels added to it based on mario odyssey um it'll be interesting to see what price point it comes out at i don't think it was ever a $60 game on the Wii U. I think it was a $40 game. Um, this would be one I think that would be best for them to release at a budget price, and they'd probably see copies of it fly. All right, and then you have Undertale coming out. <clears throat> I still haven't played Undertale, really, other than I played one battle, one random battle in Undertale once. Oh. I was like, oh, this is kind of neat, and never touched it again. Um, <clears throat> but that's going to sell like crazy. That's without a doubt the crash bandicoot insane trilogy coming to um the switch is kind of an interesting thing just because you don't necessarily expect to see crash bandicoot on a nintendo system well you know that shows the power of the switch i guess it's a and modern it's a modern age it's no longer a playstation only you know franchise yeah, it's been on xbox they, too they, for a while now. They, they forgave him crashing the, the parking lot like a logan paul <laughs> fucking stunt you asshole crash i think it was funny how they said game icon like they actually said that in the um in there i'm just like yeah okay <laughs> sure nintendo you gotta throw him a bone they're like laughing recording it. <laughs> crash icon. hey he was <laughs> 
And he's trying to be again. <laughs> For about three years, yes, he was. Um, in the late 90s. I already have the Insane Trilogy. I, 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 is, it fu- is it fun? It's upgrade? fun. It, it's, it's a fun... It's, it's, it's really well done. I have no need to own it again. It did look like it was taking a graphics hit, but I, you know, whatever. If the games play well, they play well, and it's a, you know, a great package if you just want to get those three... Um, if you want to get those three crash games again, Little Nightmares looks fantastic. Um, it's been out on the PS4 for a while. I haven't heard of this before. Just just the art direction looks looks astounding. Yep, this is just, once again another port. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm guessing it's a puzzle game adventure. It looks like a side-scrolling, yeah, like puzzle adventure game. Um, I've been told by many people to play it. Since I have not purchased this on PS4, I probably will wait and get this on Switch. And you can use your Pac-Man amiibo in the game. That's what, according to that, I don't know yeah, what it can, does, but okay. <laughs> it gives you a little Pac-Man shaped hood oh, instead okay. of a raincoat shaped hood. And then this is what I was more excited about than you, that South Park, uh, the fractured butthole, I love that name, uh, is coming, a port is coming to the Switch. And I, I think that's a big win for, for for Nintendo. I think that'll that will sell... Just as well as almost anything else on this list, um, I'm going to buy it. I can say definitively I will buy that for the Switch because I, I want it to play. I want to play the original one I never got to. But this a portable version of that game I think is going to go a long way with people, especially me if I'm traveling. I will be I will play the the Fractured But Hole. It's supposed to be a pretty good a good game, and, and I love South Park. And, uh, yeah, just having the variety with stuff like that in Dark Souls I think is where Nintendo's already doing a lot better only one year in versus the Wii U. Having all right, these are AAA titles. Even though they're a little coming a little bit later, you're getting them still. So, yeah, that's fair. I guess it's just I don't know why that one didn't excite me as much. It's great to see it coming to the Switch. I don't even like dislike South Park. I just I don't know that one just didn't fire me up. I guess as much as the other ones, it might have, and they didn't mention it, but it was probably harder since. This this one's also was never on the Switch. It would have had to have been a complete port job. The um, <clears throat> PS4 and Xbox One versions of Fractured But Whole had um, the original game included with it for free. Oh, if they you, did. If you bought if you bought a launch edition copy of it, ah. and if they had done that with this one, I probably would have been a little bit more interested. Hmm. Well, maybe they still can. <laughs> Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. I'm all for um i generally don't buy into dynasty warriors type games the muso games but hyrule warriors i did give a shot i bought it on the wii u and i fell in love with it um they make use of the license really well um it's fun taking down just hordes and hordes of you know familiar enemies uh and you know playing as different characters from the zelda universe in a you know, in a big hack and slash and being able to take control of, you know, characters you normally wouldn't. The 3DS version actually improved upon it in almost every way except for graphics, added a ton more um, characters, maps. The DLC for it in in Nintendo fashion was cheap and loaded with stuff. Um, Like a baked potato. Yeah, Mm, baked potatoes. (laughs) So, um, and then, so this version is going to have, you know, the graphical quality of the Wii U version, probably a little bit better, but it's going to have all the DLC between two versions, 
and I believe it's going to have the functionality of the 3DS version, which means it'll include the character swapping and the ability to hop around the map and things like that. This, <clears throat> when you take into account everything that's going to be packed into it, I think is going to be one of the best deals for dollar in terms of video games coming out this year. Oh. I, I really do think so. And people who have played and messed around with both versions, I think they'll probably agree. I mean, for people who have never touched the series, who sure. buy this, they are going to have just shitloads of stuff to do. Like, an insane amount. Well, so, quick, the ARMS is doing a U.S. and Canada online open. Interesting, they're doing a little tournament. That's cool. I really like that game. Um, I'm glad that it has a scene, you know, some sort of scene supporting it. I honestly should play it more than I do, and I don't know why. It's because I just, when I open up my Switch, I have a lot of things that I want to play on it. Um, you know, I still get people talking to me about how there's no games for it, and maybe there's no games that certain people want to play for it, and that's no fine. games for what the Switch. There's no games for the Switch. I still, really? I still have people say like, someone, who's saying that? Someone commented to me and said the other day that there was like, to me, there's still only one must-have. There's only one game for that system that's must-have and truly exclusive, and that's Mario. Keep in mind that Zelda was also released on the Wii U. But that's also a system no one owns. I would say to him, do you have the Wii U? Do you have it for the Wii U? If not, it's exclusive to you for the Switch. But I mean, I realize taste is taste. But to me, I, I, that argument doesn't hold water anymore. No, it doesn't at all. That's, Especially for exclusives. I mean, Splatoon 2, ARMS, What's... Mario, and let's just say Zelda. Sure. Yeah, I mean, at least. And let's talk the uh, Splatoon 2 Octo. Uh, DLC expansion. So that looks like it's going to be fantastic, especially for people who really want, um, who want Splatoon to have more in terms of single player. Um, so like you can like go around different parts of the city in a subway. Is that what it's going to have? I think parts? that's just a, a you know part of the trailer. We'll see when it comes. By the way, that was a freaky ass trailer with that music video. I was like, what the oh, hell? Oh yeah, that it was, was cool. But like this, like you're not really telling me that much about the game at the well, time. Well, <laughs> it was just nutty. Which the whole game is, I understand that. Even the first one, even in the first Splatoon, everyone's like, holy shit, the storyline is kind of weirdly sad and dark. If you actually play the the actual story mode. Mm -hmm. And then in Splatoon 2, the story mode is a little bit longer and more fleshed out. But this actually looks like using the side characters or quote-unquote the enemy characters, it actually looks like um, the way they were talking about it, this might be the biggest chunk should, of story mode. Should I be uncomfortable that I'm drawn to the swinging hips of this little Splatoon girl in the leather, uh, tight leather skirt Perhaps. on the subway? I just noticed that, but she's like really working it. Uh, <laughs> Maria? I think it's maybe Maria. Um, With her platform boots. So <laughs> sex is up, Nintendo. <laughs> so uh, I, th I th you can the, see her little ab muscles in, in, in the skirt. <laughs> you're talking about Maria. It's a little risque. Everyone loves Maria. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so yeah, I, it, it's supposed to be a huge expansion, single player. Um, people have wanted to play as an octoling forever. Um, in addition to that, they also announced that they're dropping a hundred new pieces of gear for free more new weapons more new arenas much like the original splatoon nintendo's going out of its way to support the hell out of this game um you know if all you're interested in is the online which i think is the biggest selling point of this game nintendo's supporting that for free to the moon um 
And this is, I think, the first paid DLC ever for a Splatoon game. And it looks like it's going to be worth it. And that's yeah. a single player. It looks like there's a chunk here. It's not just a cash in. Nintendo so. has yet to release a DLC pack that has been disappointing in terms of content. Sure. They, they're like their own standalone games. Vani like. got the $20 expansion for Zelda. And she's already put like another close to 100 hours into the game. Oh, wow. Just on the extra stories. I'm sure she's, I mean, she's probably diverted in and out, but I mean, she's, she, it, 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 it kickstarted her into another hundred hours. So this is a, this was a, I love how these are almost surprises when these Nintendo directs come up, you get like three days notice or two days. I was like, here you go. We got it. We're ready to go. And this was a, a good start, I think for the, for the first quarter. And we'll probably get one or two more later this year Yeah, as we get closer. Yeah. And that's what I said to people who are a little <clears throat> concerned about it. Especially um, people who you know are like, oh, it's all ports. Okay, to it's a not degree, all ports. it's not. If Kirby Star Allies is not, but we already knew about it. Octopath Traveler is not, but we already knew about it. Tennis is we knew about. Tennis we knew about. These are not ports, but they're games we already knew about. They're just not out yet, so it's not as exciting to know. Um, the. Uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot new besides that. The Travis Strikes Again is new. Um, but this is a Nintendo Direct prior to E3. Mm -hmm. And not much of this talks about holiday season. Almost everything on the Switch they've mentioned here is due out by... It's like June? June. So this is really like looking a few months ahead. Yeah, all of it. All of it, if I remember correctly, with the exception of one or two titles, and obviously the big one we'll get to in one second, is I think has a slated release date by summer. All right, I think that's reasonable. For, yeah, for for that. All right, we're gonna cut it right here because we're gonna go to the main event of this. Ah, of this Nintendo Direct. We're gonna cut it. Get those views. All right, Ian. Yeah. So at the end of the Nintendo Direct. At the end of going over the uh, Splatoon 2 Octo Octo expansion, they were like, all right, we're, we're done with this. And then they go back to uh, a couple of Splatoon uh, girls fighting each other. What's what's the proper name for... Inkling. Just an Inkling girl? There's an Inkling girl and an Inkling boy okay. uh, fighting. They're, and... they're firing at each other with Nickelodeon colors. And they're just having a good old time. Good old time. Throwing a bomb at each other. Uh, and, and which and reminds I... me of the, uh, the, the little uh, paint grenades we had when you were a kid. Yeah. From like gotcha or whatever. And then everything goes black. Yep. It goes dark. And then and then their world <laughs> then their world ends. And then some, and, a fire. And then turns around. Ah! And, and then they, the Smash Brothers logo appears in her eyeball. And a million fanboys come at one time. <laughs> yes. And everyone goes nuts and Mario and Link walk out and uh very ominous. Yes. Like they don't walk out, they just like it, the fire in the background are like, come on, join us for yes. this. I, I love <laughs> What is this, a club? It's like Fight Club for Mario characters? Everyone, made, everyone made the comparison, but it was it was just funny. Like, when Villager got invited to Smash Brothers, he got a nice little letter in the mail. When when the Inklings get invited to Smash, you know, their entire world goes black and yeah. fire, you know, erupts. But, uh... So, so this was, I guess, people, every Nintendo Direct, like, oh, no Smash, no Smash. Like, there will be some people that the only reason I buy a Switch will be for Smash. But they're the, the very, very minority here. Yeah. But they're vocal about this shit. Yep. Sorry you want your one fucking action, you know, brawler game to come out once every seven years or six years. But oh, there's other games here. But this time they get, you know, they got they got their wish for a tease for 
Smash Brothers game number five already. And and this is uh, this is a pretty well. We'll get to the whole five four mix up thing in a second. Sure. Um, but it's more than a tease. I mean, it was a teaser trailer, but it's an I announcement trailer to me. It's not even a tease. Sure, it's an announcement. But the date, re- the release date being in 2018. Yeah. That's, that's you shock. know, when, when you think of a tease, you think of a game coming a year away, two years well, away. But the Metroid Prime 4 was like, we're developing it. You're not going to see it for like two or three years, but we're working on it. Exactly. Or the Final Fantasy VII remake. Maybe in five to ten years. Yeah. Here's a picture. You know, yeah. um, this is, you know, that that's why I hesitate to call I mean, it's, it is. It's teasing, but... The people who want it don't have to wait around for this as long as they would have to for a regular, sure. a regular game that would be teased like this. Sure. So it was an interesting way of doing it. What's interesting is that Nintendo's basically already said, okay, you had your big game for the first holiday season Switch. And this one, only a, basically a year and eight months in, is going to be your second big holiday seller for us will be yeah. this game. Jesus, hey, if they can already, keep up this pace. But they've already fired like three or four bullets out, out of the chamber for their first... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you will get a, this. Is what we're going to get to. You will get a new Mario Kart probably uh, in a few years, since this was this was a half upgrade. This one. Yep. So the question is: Is this going to be a half upgrade? That's the question that I think we have to ask ourselves. Just because, hey, no one really played the Wii U Smash Brothers, so why not re-release it with some bells and whistles and upgrade the graphics and throw in a few, some new characters and and a, some new maps? And it's not a lot of work for us, but hey, you'll still accept it as a, as a new Smash Brothers game, and you'll eat it up. And people will buy it and enjoy it. And why not? Yeah. I So various people that I, I, I had, that I read opinions of or talked to, like um, Norm or, or, or Gilly or, or Eric Bailey, various people who I, I chatted with about it. I think the, the reasonable expectation of this is it's going to be a half step. Because the... Smash Brothers 4, there is a scene for it, you know, a, a, a tournament scene for it, but it's it was a game that was less played because the Wii U was forgotten. No one did anything with it. It's a solid engine. They put a lot of time and money into that game for, you know, what ended up being little return. They, they sold only, only 5 million Smash Brothers Wii U, by the right. way, to put it in perspective. So, with this with the switch and and then they they also had the 3DS one and i don't know how much that one sold <clears throat> perhaps you can mention that perhaps i'll look it up perhaps <laughs> <laughs> perhaps i'll produce the show but right. um i think what makes sense it sold 9.16 it sold almost double yep. on on the 3DS crazy so i think what makes sense is they would take the levels, because the levels were unique to the to the um, 3DS. The 3DS had different levels than the the Wii U version. I think it makes sense to take the Just levels, throw them all together, throw them all together, we'll give you all the content, <clears throat> throw them all together. Maybe splice some of the levels down a little bit. You know, maybe you don't need all of them. Um, keep as much of the DLC as you can. Keep as much of the special characters as you can, as long as there's licenses. Um, you know, as long as they can. Hold on to Mega Man, Pac-Man, Sonic. Oh, the Capcom will sell them for three cents, so sure. <clears throat> right. Sega will give them away Sega, for, a, for a pack of cigarettes. And Namco? Namco will do it. Namco I mean, will play ball. Yeah. We'll get Pac-Man in there. So do that, and then shake up the roster a little bit. Do we need 
five or six Fire Emblem characters. Probably not. It's probably it's not as relevant as it was at the time. Um, you know, are we going to get Cloud back? Hopefully, who knows? Uh, you know, add in a bunch of new characters. Obviously, or were people pissed about the Ice Climber <laughs> guy not, and not being in it? Uh, Ice Climber hasn't been in since uh, uh, Melee. Okay, so. Um, but do that, you know, add some new characters, you know, and change some stuff up, but you can make it look like a newish game and not make a completely new game. Yeah. The same, I, same thing they did for Mario Kart. Right. They just it, a little bit, just enough. They upgraded the graphics. And, and four has its own play style feel and mechanics. And it would be weird to take people who have tried to make something out of the smash four scene and discard it for all new mechanics. Like I said, Nintendo just put too much into four, I think, to throw it all away. I remember it's it's been only it's been only three and a half years since Smash Brothers Wii U came out. It's not a lot of time. Right. So I don't think to expect a whole new game from scratch, I don't think you're getting that. And the people who keep saying that it's gonna be a whole new game are really digging. I um I keep seeing this meme going around involving uh Patrick and another character from SpongeBob where the it's supposed to be like proof that it's part five and they're using like a copyright date or something and they're trying to like read into like the copyright date at the bottom of the smash thing and it's like the part that they're looking at it's like you don't understand copyright dates you don't and then they're like oh namco's not in there it's like look you can see this exact copyright date in smash 4 you don't know how to read copyright dates okay so they're trying to like make an argument entirely based off of this blurb. You know, it says original game, and it's like, no, it's not. It makes that's sense. not what it means. It makes sense for an upgrade because they worked twice as hard to make two different versions of the game, and one of them sold abysmally because the system did. Yeah, and one so of them didn't not... sell as well as it could because it was split between two versions. So why not? Then we'll have another go at it. We're not going to say we're not going to do a new smash game but maybe this will hold you off for like three four years down the line the same way with the mario kart you're gonna get another mario kart game but it's gonna be a few years probably before you get a whole new fresh one and it doesn't matter because most of the people didn't play this one so why not re-release i don't have a problem with that what i think is really going to happen with the switch overall um with a lot of these games and you know we can tie this in easily with with smashes Nintendo's probably finally going to have a console here that's going to have a long enough lifespan. You get two from a franchise. Right. Just like how there was a Grand Theft Auto 4 at the beginning of the 360 and the PS3, and then it was around long enough to get a Grand Theft Auto 5 at the end. Those are big games with long development cycles, mm-hmm. but they still got one on each end. Sure. You can, this The Switch is gearing up to be around long enough where... It's not unfathomable that they will have a Zelda at the beginning. Yeah, and sure. A Zelda at the end. Go out in fashion, or maybe the Super Switch. You know, sure. It's probably a better name than Switch U. Super Switch. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll sign up. I'm going to trademark Super Switch. Um, yeah, I, I think this will be a big seller, not as much as Odyssey, obviously, but it'll do well. And maybe we'll get another big game because fighting games aren't for everyone. Maybe we'll get some other Nintendo title that'll come out. At the end of the year to hold people over until remember this is only this will only be a, a year and a half into the Switch's lifespan. That's like nothing, and you're going to have a lot of these big first party titles out. You're still not going to have your Metroid uh, Prime game. You're still not going to have your Star Fox game yet, or hopefully like your F Zero game or Pilot Wings or Wave Race. Wave Race Switch. We can dream. Give us Wave Race Switch. Why not? That's a nice budget title, thirty dollar title. I'll buy Wave 
race switch. So, all right. I, so that's, that's what me and Ian are going to call it as this is going to be a 4.5. It's going to be a Mario Kart remastered sort of deal, which is fine. I, th- I think it'll, it'll be fun. And once again, it'll be portable. So you can fight with Norm at the bar while you're, you're drinking beers. I awkwardly stumble in tired as hell. <laughs> wondering what you guys are doing. I did that with the, what the hell game you play with that? Uh, we were playing uh, Waku Waku 7 and some other fight, uh, King of Fighters 98. All right. So I'm going to buy the, the fractured butthole. I'm going to buy the butthole. And then I'm gonna, I'll probably buy Smash. And maybe Tennis Aces. I'm going to oh, buy I'm, that. I'm definitely buying Tennis. Uh, so, uh, report. Breaking news. Update. <laughs> Robert Stein. We need an update. I was watching <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries last night. <laughs> Watch too much of it. <clears throat> so, a Redditor uploaded an image of a redesigned boxes via Nintendo Wire of the new Super Mario serial. I guess version 2, which sort of breaks ties with the Mario Odyssey branding. Mm-hmm. In a big way, where you have it's a it's a more generic looking box uh, with Mario holding the spoon like a creep. You have uh, Princess Peach and you have Bowser wondering, "Hey, where's my cereal?" And so, reportedly, the amiibo functionality will be gone, so the NFC chips are, are going to be not included anymore. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna end that and just put out the cereal and maybe I don't know, do like a T-shirt giveaway. I don't know to get people to buy it like the old Nintendo cereal. Featuring power up marshmallows and no nutritional value, uh, none. <laughs> so I guess the question is, um, will this affect people wanting to buy it? Because there's no amiibo functionality. Maybe Nintendo realizes once you have one box, you just keep that one box. Why do we get to keep doing this for? <laughs> Why do we have to waste money with more NFC chips? Yeah, and they they were also um, you know wondering how it might affect value or something. This was almost kind of a the value. Idea. Um, I don't, I, you know, I don't think this is going to affect necessarily value or anything because at some point they were going to stop making the cereal anyway. Sure, so, and, and I'm sure I'm, I'm many, many people just bought one to uh, eerily keep a box of cereal around. Yep. So they're going to be around forever. Yeah, right. I so I don't think you know. I I think whatever value people are going to attach to a box of cereal, it's it's not I'm, going to change just because some boxes of Mario cereal have it, some don't. I need a soundboard. Had they not. Had they not replaced, <laughs> had they not replaced the Mario cereal with Amiibos, had they replaced, had they not replaced it with something, those would still be worth the same amount. This cereal is just not going to be worth anything. It, it, it doesn't matter. Well, there'll be some people that'll buy every single cereal box, you know. Every the, variant. Every variant. <laughs> Hell, I have two variants of Nintendo cereal box. <laughs> I have the hologram one, which is somewhere around here that I like. I, I can't imagine that the NFC chips cost that much, if anything. What if they cost, like, a dime? But I think they were really just doing that as, as, you know, a Mario Odyssey promotion. And it's goodwill, and it's an extra incentive to buy it. Sure. But really, that, that Amiibo was only for Mario Odyssey, really. I mean, you know, those games that are like, touch any Amiibo, sure, you could use it for that, too. But it was used for Mario Odyssey, and its usefulness was minor. And... um. I don't know. Yeah, I just, you know, Mario Odyssey is still going to sell forever as long as the Switch is around. But it, it had its its big push, its big moment. They probably just didn't see the need to keep putting them in there. So, and also, I don't think the cereal's that bad. Oh, you tried it? Oh, I've had it. Okay. Yeah. 
Vani did get a box once, and we ate it. I'd give you a box. Yeah. Someone, someone sent me two boxes. And I will eat it because it's not bad. It's part of your balanced breakfast. Yeah, part of a balanced breakfast, as in it can join a breakfast. <laughs> oh, oh. Can, it's the it's the sugar and carbs part of a balanced breakfast. It can join a breakfast, There's or no... it can be a part of it. It can be part of I mean, a balanced breakfast. There's no vitamins, minerals, or protein in but there. If it, but if it was gone, that balanced breakfast would remain balanced. <laughs> Part of a balanced but unhealthier breakfast. <laughs> right. That's the balanced part of it. Man, cereal really is a scam. I love cereal, but, but it's, it's, a it's, it's a fucking scam. Yeah, yeah. They tried to push it, General Mills, and pushed it in the early 1900s as some sort of health food. And they just want to fucking use the wheat they had laying around. Well, cornflakes were like, uh, or, and, 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 and like graham crackers were supposed to like keep like impure sexual thoughts out of your head. Oh, or yeah, something that's like good. That. Yeah. Oh, I guess because it's so bland. No, yes, yeah, it's yeah. like I'm eating paper. <laughs> yeah, if this you, is if, great. If you read up on the history of like cornflakes and graham crackers and stuff like that, <laughs> it's all about puritanical I mean, values. This sounds like a podcast topic at some point. But Ian's uh, Olden Health Foods podcast, <laughs> a history. Anyway, it, it, it's this is silly. I, we'll, we'll scalp it. Will this affect scalpers? I, I mean, people will scalp everything they possibly can. And that was a. Q&A question that we, we're not going to talk about, about what's the breadth of, of, of scalping. But, you know, any opportunity you have to make a buck if you don't have a job and you have time to run around grocery stores and buy them up, I mean, sure, you can do that. You can get some extra points on your on your Vons card, I guess, if you want to buy them all up <laughs> and for the first couple of weeks and try to make a profit on it, right? Yeah. So, all right, anything else to add to this? Oh, um, it tastes like cut-rate Frankenberry. Cut-rate Frankenberry. Yeah, it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. Okay, um, so this next topic has to do, I think I have the wrong link on here, uh, but the Seducer game, <clears throat> this is a pickup artist game that's on, okay, it's on Steam. There was a game in the past years I took off Steam that was kind of similar and more, I guess, overtly sexual, but there's this Super Seducer How to Talk to Girls game on Steam. You can save 24% right now. There could be a podcast sponsor. And this is a FMV game from what it looks like. It's a live action seduction simulator where you actually have i guess videos and it's it's i guess a like a infomercial almost but it gives you tips about how to talk to women and pick them up and i i don't know i on the surface it seems i don't know like who cares harmless to me i don't know reviews are very positive but when you click on them on steam a lot of them are are saying cuz it's really funny it's like this 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 generation's version of night trap or you just want to laugh at how silly it is to, to see someone attempt to talk to women and see if they succeed or not. Um, one person recommended, I didn't believe girls were real until I played this game and saw them myself. So that's some, there's, some funny, there's some funny reviews on here. I used to be a virgin, but after playing this game for one hour, suddenly I have 20 girlfriends. So th- people are taking this in stride, it seems like. You know, they're like, okay, this is just silly and stupid. It's, it's, on, it's on Steam. But PS4 had a problem with it. Uh, PS4 removed the game from their store, which I don't have a link to because I'm an idiot. But they did; they had a problem with it, and I guess they said it, it didn't really, you know, fit in what they wanted on the store. No, I would imagine not. I mean, while it's probably well, it's probably easy to look at it and laugh at it, you know, especially if it's particularly poorly done. I mean, it is FMV, and it's so like you get choices. So it's, it's filmed as a camera. Yeah. You have choice, it's like a choose-your-own-adventure sort of thing. It, it, which, which games like this have existed before, in the sure. past, like like anime and cartoon games, where it's like, oh, 
try to pick up women. So this is not a new new genre being formed, by the way. It absolutely is not. These games have existed forever. It's simply that it's pickup artist related. There, and, there's the link. But frankly, I don't pay attention to any of that shit. This is by Richard Love Ruina. He's featured in Maxim, Men's Health, the BBC, Piers Morgan. Oh, God, I fucking hate Piers Morgan. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, it's just probably not the type of thing that PlayStation 4 wanted on their network. Um, I I think it's really just a matter of how seriously they think people will take it. Um, you know, they have a dating sim on there that involves pigeons, but maybe they don't want one that involves real people. So I, I this th that's what's weird to me because if they're going to single this one out, it, I at least to me in the, in the in the spirit of transparency, what was the actual reason? This one's not intended as a joke. So the other ones are all intended as jokes. Well, the ones that are on the PlayStation Network where you are trying to date a pigeon, yes, that's okay. obviously a fucking joke. <laughs> this may come across as a joke, but this is not intended as a joke. This is intended by the creator to honestly teach you pickup artist techniques. Whether or not it's succeeding in that and people are buying into that, I think that's where they're trying to draw the line. So they have tons of dating simulators out there though on PS4, don't they? Don't they have them? No. They don't have these games out? Where, where like you talk, try to talk to anime girls and pick them up? No, on PC, sure, but on PS4? They don't at all. They don't okay. bring them out over here. Okay, they don't. No. Okay, I just want to make sure because then, okay. So visual it, novels? Sure. Dating sims like this? No. What's the difference between the visual novel and the dating sim? A the visual, visual novel, novel is, is like a choose your own adventure. It doesn't really have anything to do with dating. At least not like this. The goal is not to pick up a girl and take them home. Okay, well, I don't... Those don't exist on console. But in, in in this seducer game, I don't think it's getting past the point. We're not going like, to go home and have sex with them, though. It's just like you're going to talk to them and see if you can be successfully get a date. This isn't like a, a sex sim. This is a talking simulator. As far as I can see, you're not going to... This isn't like maybe those PC games I downloaded when I was 16 where you talk to anime girls and... Maybe you undress them at some point. This well, is... that's that's different. What we're talking about on PS4 is the fact that they don't allow that sort of thing. Okay. So by and large, we're like, we don't want this on, on our store. Yeah. Okay. That's the rule. That's the rule uh, with it. Um, I mean, yeah, there's probably this... absolutely no nudity in this, but that's... Richard La Ruina. Oh, that's actually... <laughs> the Ruin? Is that his name? My comment is that I have no comment on this. He uh, He's a renowned seduction guru. Uh, um, Emily May, co-founder and executive director of an anti-harassment nonprofit, Hollaback, said, "When we give mainstream access to sexism, we allow it to proliferate and grow. Uh, we need to hide this game under a rock and starve it, and the whole pickup artist culture of light and auction until it dies. Pickup artist culture is what society tells men to be, and it starves men. It starves men of options in different ways of being in the world." First of all, I'm going to say I don't know how many men out there, percentage-wise, are into the pickup artist culture. I've yet to meet someone that said I am a pickup artist culture person or follows it. I'm sure they're out there. People on the internet minority. who don't leave the house, they they study it but don't actually talk to women in order to incorporate it. Is that what I'm, what I'm learning? All right, guys, this is Pat's pickup artist uh, or talk to women guidebook. There's like two rules you need to know when talking to women: be yourself, be confident, and listen to them. 
Be respectful. That's really it. Fall on your face a bunch of times and okay, you don't. Maybe that, okay, well, I was going to say not literally, but that's no. it. That's all. Women want honesty. I no, I didn't mean literally. I didn't mean walk up to them and go, <gasps> Women want honesty and they want you to pay attention to them. That's really it. They want to feel needed or wanted. You don't. You don't need a game about how you to become a seduction. You don't need artist. like. You don't need to like <laughs> unlock the psychological clues in order to break them down. You know, it's like no. Well, that's what this is about. But 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 it's the whole point is that it's much easier to to just go a simple approach and say, "Here I am." Oh, they like confidence, men. You have to be confident. That's a big one. But confident, pay attention, listen to them, be a little funny, and that's it. That's they all also, you need. They also like it if you can cook. That's after you get them home, like after a few days. Yes, they do like it. Don't, I mean, don't, any, any significant right. other is going to like it if right. you can make a meal. Don't lead with that because then they think you're going to be too clingy and want like to then live, live with you right away. That's like a third date thing, fourth date. I'm, I'm just saying in general. This is me and Ian giving you advice from different different walks of uh, – uh, maybe we'll have the pickup podcast. We'll oh, my the, God. The PU podcast. <laughs> the PU podcast. The puck. <laughs> That's it. So, okay. So, the silly game's still on Steam if you want to take a look at it. So, I wouldn't call this censorship by and large if PS4 is following their internal PS4 rules, has its own guidelines. But uh, but you can still pick up a pigeon, though, which to me is slightly disturbing, I guess. All right. Uh, Ian, you want to talk about the uh, Overwatch League uh, team releasing a player over hate speech? Some shitty edgelord kid got kicked off of the Dallas Fuel um, which is a team in the uh, Overwatch League that started in January um, for, uh, well, at this point, it would be um, multiple infractions. So the Overwatch League started earlier this year, right? Right, January, so, I believe. So it's only been a couple months already, and already there's trouble. <laughs> oh, from what I understand, the whole thing has been just loads of background drama. Um, so... He was uh, uh, Felix... XQC Lengiel. Lengiel. Spent it twice for using homophobic and racist slurs. So the first time he was suspended for, um, yeah, using homophobic slurs and was removed for, I believe, most of the first round. And apparently his team suffered very badly. Um, and he was fine, too. And he was fine. $4,000 for multiple multiple social media violation, violations and disparaging language. And he was brought back and then... He called the, the league announcers cancer. Oh, he called... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? He called, the, he called the league environment cancer or, yeah, the announcers cancer or something like that. He was brought back somehow. Some, I, I just... I don't understand that, you know... People wonder why video game communities are so fucking toxic and full of assholes. And it's because you can literally use homophobic slurs against another team in a video game competition. And they just bring you back a month later after a slap on the wrist. So I have no problem with with, with fines or suspensions. Because that happens to pro athletes. If you use a homophobic sure. slur, you're not going to throw out the team. You're going to get fined heavily. So you won't do it again. You know, I just feel like it's incredibly prevalent already. In you're saying you're starting from this toxicity that's way above, say, even a professional sports. That's league, what right? I'm. That, that's what I think. Yes, it's way well, above that already, and it's just not going to get. Better well, these are that. entitled children. Yes, they are. They don't respect the fact that they're playing video games professionally, right? 
and I hate to always try to liken this to professional sports, but I will because I hate when people try to think that the two are equivalent in terms of time or effort to get to. If I am in the NFL, I worked my entire freaking life to get there. I worked 20 plus years to get to the NFL and to work my ass off to it. So if I get that opportunity, I'm going to respect it and I'm going to fall in line. And yes, I'm making more money, but I'm going to appreciate where I'm at with, with these, with these teens or young adults that play a relatively new game they get good at it i'm not saying they don't put in the effort they do but they're playing a video game like they play other video games now they're getting paid professionally they didn't really necessarily have to go through a massive struggle to get there in my estimation so if they're going to spout off and act the same way they did because that's what they're used to especially if they're playing in that environment where they're you know say when they're coming up they're using you know racist slurs homophobic uh, homophobic uh, slurs treating other players like shit, not showing sportsmanship. Why would that change since that's how they've been training when they've been practicing and playing casually? Why would you expect their behavior to necessarily change if that's how they are when they're a, a, a pro? Yeah. Why? Oh, if, no, if no one along the way basically said, this is how you have to act if you want to get paid professionally, yeah. we expect you to be better. You're representing uh, a league, a professional league, you're representing a professional team, and you're representing, quote-unquote, this game or sport. You're representing it. So we want you to act like it. And that's how it is with pro sports. You have to, if you sign with the NBA or NFL or NHL, you sign up, you know, a code of conduct contract, basically. You have to act a certain way. And that's just it is. You want to be in our league. This is how you got to be. So, of course, you're going to have, I think you have to rough out some of these these kids along the way and toss them out until the other people fall in line. Yeah. So I'm trying to find the name of, so... The first time he, the first time he was, um, he was suspended. It was called for su- calling someone a faggot kid, and for saying that he would enjoy sucking a fat cock. And this was during a tournament, uh, or just on a live in be- stream in between rounds, I believe. Oh, that's something fun, like that. Um, and then that's I'm trying to find that. Why can't I find the name of this announcer? Um, God damn it. Uh, so his name is, is he goes by Monte Cristo, but um, what's a good sandwich? I, I believe his his last name is 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 Monte. I can't remember his first name, but the the announcer is black. And when he came on, um, everyone, in, including uh, Felix and uh, XQC and his followers, started spamming a an emoji of uh, or an emote of um of uh. Uh, of a black guy in okay. in, in the uh, while he was watching this broadcast, yeah, while they were he wasn't watching, necessarily participating, but he was just watching. He, it. They, yeah, and they started spamming it, and uh, which is disrespectful. It's, it's called it's called the tryhard. The the emoji the emote is called tryhard. I guess it's an old video and game I've, player. And I've seen that uh, on various streams where oh hey well, look we're pointing out that that there's a African American on stream, and it's like what you're not clever. Yeah, and you're he not tried, fucking right. cute. And that's the thing. Even the the announcers like. Yeah, it's been happening to me for three years, and you can say that oh, it wasn't racist. It's, no, intent. it's subtly he's like, racist. He's like, but it absolutely is. I'll like, say that I'm not like, white knighting. That's bullshit. Exactly. He's like, you can go ahead and you know pretend like oh, you know, you can say it's not racist. He's like, but I get it, guys. Every time I walk up on stage, you're gonna point out that a black guy's there. Okay. Yeah. Cute. Good for you. He's like, it's that's cute. really clever. It's and, comedically. You know, Felix was saying he's like, oh, it's kind of like my salute, like people, you know, and he's. You know, and the, the the announcer was like, "Great, but that's been used for this purpose far longer than you've been around. Mm-hmm. You can't say that's your salute. That's like walking into a place and giving someone the middle finger and going, oh, that's how I say hi.' Yeah, 
So okay, this 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 uh this kid's garbage as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah, fuck him. So you you abide by the league's rules and Blizzard's rules, or get the fuck out, and you can play some other game and get away with it. But yeah. the, but I said these these leagues are fairly new. But you know, think about this. Think about you know if ESPN is going to start trying to show more of these. And they do show some. They haven't picked up as much as I thought they would. They show, you know, a few tournaments a year. They can't have this shit going on if this shit is live. Oh, yeah. They can't have these these players doing shit like this. They can't. So that's all I have to say about it. So do whatever you want in your own time. But if you're on, if you're getting paid to play a fucking video game uh, and you're getting paid by sponsors and you're getting award money, fall in line. That's all I'm going to say. Or grow up and then come back. That's it. It's everyone named Felix. I don't get it. <laughs> All right, Ian, this was an interesting topic. And this was a, a game that is notorious for being one of the worst games ever. And uh, James Rolfe actually did review as the Angry Video Game Nerd after getting requests. And this is a game that, by and large, you could only find via downloading you know, ROM. Yeah, playing this because people are like, "What the fuck is this game? Was this real? Was this actually made? Like, I mean, it was made, but I mean, was this actually come out somewhere? <laughs> Who made this, so, or did it just manifest? Yeah, itself? out of like, out of like the evil of the earth, like Ghostbusters too. So we're talking about Hong Kong ninety seven, nineteen ninety seven, uh, which yeah. is a, to say the the least, bizarre. I guess you want to call it shooter, where you're shooting. Uh, a, b- a bunch of guys and cars are trying to run you over on a single screen, and you have giant a giant head of uh who's the, who is the giant head in that game? I forget. It was like a old Chinese president. Yeah, I I can't remember. So, anyways, the story goes the same like head this. on the title screen. By the way, as Britain transfers sovereignty over the territory to China, and the tanks roll in, so do Chinese in huge numbers, causing the crime rate to soar. Former British Governor Chris Patton engages undercover operative Chin, a long-lost relative of Bruce Lee, with a striking resemblance to Jackie Chan. His mission to kill all one billion of those ugly Reds. Is that, is that from? That's the way, like the description of that's, the game. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's part. Yeah, that's partially. Yep. So yeah, it's a bunch of stolen assets. The title screen has Jackie Chan uh, on the title screen. Yep. I don't know what movie it's from. Uh, but it looks like the box art is Bruce Lee, and uh, yeah, and, and there's there's like bizarre stuff like when you die, it flashes to an image of a dead body, like a corpse of someone, for example, for no fucking reason. reason. And there's like a pop song that plays, uh, like a shitty sample. Uh, of course, they're talking 16 bit because this is like a Super Famicom game. So the point is this: the game is fucking awful. You can barely call it a game. But forever, people are like, "What the hell is this?" But there's been a recent interview. With the, with the, if you want to call it creator, I guess the creator, the developer. It was meant to be an awful game. Sure. It was meant but to not, be a... But not as awful as this. No, not as awful as this. Uh, okay. <laughs> it was meant to be a send-up of, I mean, it was meant to be a middle finger to Nintendo. And that's all it was really ever meant to be. Um, and it ended up far shittier than it was ever supposed to be uh, because... He got some help from a programming buddy who worked for Enix at the time. This is Yoshihisa Kurosawa. He wanted to make the worst game possible. And he ended up getting some help from a buddy at Enix, but his friend... They won't say who it was at No, Enix. no, no, they no, won't. we're not going to say who. So an actual game developer to come and make this game, but then it had he only had two, two days. days to make it. <laughs> 
So I believe the story was what? They grabbed some beer and food or whatever, and they just sat down and let's do it. Stole, stole some samples from other entities and music, and we'll just throw this game together. Now, they didn't actually ever put this on a cartridge. They, they couldn't. It, it was um, they used one of those disc copiers. Yeah, I actually have one somewhere. You put it into the system, and there's three and a half floppies. That's yep. how you can copy games back and forth. So the, what, those are original ROM rippers, basically, for Super Nintendo games, Super Famicom games. So what I believe they did was programmed it, and then I think they flashed it, and then he just made a bunch of disc copies of it and sure. sold it via mail order. Mail order in some probably sleazy magazine that four people bought, which is why people are like, does this game exist? And there's a, a Reddit picture of someone actually having a copy of the game. Whether it's real or not, I don't know. I don't see how why someone would fake this. You know, I... It's just a data life freaking three and a half floppy disk in this picture, and you have a just a printed label, and you have a little like like sleeve or book uh, for it, and that's it. Nineteen ninety five, Happy Soft. Yeah, Happy Soft. Happy Soft with the uh, the little penguin. <laughs> so he he didn't like how Nintendo was like I guess a monopoly, the same way that like uh, all the unlicensed. NES developers hated it and took shots. Yeah. You, you go read some of those, like the plots and like, especially like AVE, American Video Entertainment, they just take direct shots at Nintendo in their manuals and their games. Like they don't even hide it. No. In those games. Like they are, they are mad. And this is what was going on here. Uh, yeah, you're right. Make the worst game possible. You want to work in the games industry, but just like Nintendo games for their stale settings and characters. Well, you can, uh, I guess you can. You can uh, fall in line, or you can make the worst game ever, and then. But he's he's, oh, that is, that is the right. He's holding up a copy of it. So yeah. okay, that was uh, someone did manage to get a hold of it. I'm I'm wondering how many of these were produced and sold. I mean, I have no idea how it even got. Like someone had to buy it, of course, and then someone had to copy it to put it online for everyone to enjoy this ROM. Yep, out there, <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> Tens of copies sold, fifty maybe, a hundred. You know how many were possibly done? I don't know. It's out there. Watch James. James' review of it's it's pretty good. It came out like well, a couple of years ago, and uh, it's 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 absurd, absurdly offensive. It, it's but it's yes, cheekily offensive. I guess you can say too. Uh, uh, Hong Kong, nineteen ninety seven, released in ninety five. Well, that's the, the that predicting was, the future. Well, that was the yeah when yeah. The Great Britain gave. Hong Kong back to China. I guess depends on people Hong Kong. Oh, there is a that. link at the bottom, so you can actually play Hong Kong '97 in your web browser. Oh, that, oh, that's fantastic! If, if you need to waste some time at work, let's let's today. Just, let's just stop with the podcast. Then. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much done. So this was a this is a, a semi gloomy topic, sort of sad about uh, Toys R Us's bankruptcy, and I talked about it on the Not So Common podcast uh, a, f- a few months ago when they announced it that they were filing for Chapter 11. Bankruptcy Toys R Us were filing for it, which is a restructuring. Um, and they were closing, I think the time was like 182 stores out of the uh, six or 700 worldwide, something like that, including our local one. It was supposed to be closing. It's still open now, the one yeah. on Marina Boulevard. And I was looking at the list at the time, and it's like, wow, there's, first of all, there's a lot of Toys R Us's. There's, there's like seven or 800 of them. But like they were closing probably three in New Jersey I'd been to. They were closing... One um, one or two that I guess in recent years have fallen on hard times or there's no reason to go to anymore. But I was like, okay, this is a reasonable amount to close. You still have some in each state. You know, I don't know how many people go to the local one here. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere when you think about it versus everything else. There's no reason to go out there just for Toys R Us. But only now months and months later, 
the restructuring chapter 11 is now uh, reportedly going to be a chapter 7 bankruptcy, which is the bad bankruptcy, yeah. which is liquidation and basically selling off uh, assets and basically going, not necessarily uh, ceasing to exist forever, but in the current form, going to be gone. Done. And that's going to be uh, apparently going to be coming any day now. And the, the bad news with that is that that's going to be sudden. Like, for these stores closing, I don't think they've actually closed it. They just announced they're going to close. When you do a Chapter 7, you're just, that's it. You're closing up. You're, we're shuttering. Right. There's no chance to even, you know, having a slow going at a business sale. Yeah. So, that's so nothing's been officially announced yet, but everyone is saying that they could all be closed by the end of this week. Uh, the, the week of the, we're for us in the 13th, so we're saying by the 17th. 17th. Um now there has been no official announcement. That's the thing. This is this could happen so suddenly that by the time we hear of this, the doors could be locked. Um, the rumor is, and it, you know, if, if this is chapter seven, it may not be much of a rumor. Really, is whenever this does happen, there's probably not going to be any liquidation or clearance sales. It's going to be doors are locked and everything is going to be sold off or liquidated to other resellers or, rese- or retail outlets. Sure, someone will pick uh, up the, the stock. There's, right. there's a Some, ton of stock. Someone will pick up the stock and that money will be used For to... creditors and debtors. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's a real bummer and I I would like to get to the Toys R Us oh. on Marina this week, you know, just to walk around one one more time. Um, steal a sign? Our, steal, steal an employee's... Am I going to be doing this on eBay like I did for all the right. Kitty City stuff in 20 years, buying Toys R Us yeah. stuff? I don't I don't know. Is that weird to think about? And it, because it, because when you talk about something like KB or Kitty City, they were much smaller near the end, and they shrunk gradually. Right. Like KB at one point in the 80s was bigger than Toys R Us when Toys R Us was still growing and malls were at the peak in the 80s. But then KB started to shrink, so right. it was a slower process. Um. Yeah, Toys R Us. I... Kitty City went bankrupt, and it took years and years for them to be totally out of business. This is sudden. Uh, uh, our our buddy Dan, uh, Pixel Dan, made a post the other day that it actually made me very sad. It, um, it was the one of him. He uh, took his son to Toys R Us uh, the other day, and I guess they had spent like quite a few hours and basically told him to play with everything and pick stuff up and touch it and try to remember it as well, best he could because, I mean – what other physical toy stores are there really besides so, a couple of independent ones and the independent ones, you know, carry some neat stuff, but it's like, you know, it's like blocks and old timey stuff and like yeah, Playmobil not, and, yes. and, and, and those and, exist and, and, and learning and, toys and, yeah. and, and, and that sort of stuff. Sure. Yeah. The Hasbro Mattel's uh, stock went down a lot. I'm sure because of this. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Mattel's fell. As much as six percent, Hasbro's declined three percent upon the news. Because when you when you talk about toy stores, you're talking about at least to reach children. That's a main form of advertising. Yes. If you're five, you're not looking up toy news and what's coming out later. No, you're walking. You're walking a store into and going, a toy store saying, "Oh my god, that's out, that's out." Yeah. So for these major toy companies, and a lot of them have you know not monopolies, but they have a, a stranglehold on these retailers. This is ad- free advertising space that's going to be eliminated we're not even talking about how bad it is for the consumers but for these toy companies they're now more on equal footing than they were before with other toy companies than the smaller ones which hurts them that's why their stock goes down which makes sense because if they're dominating the store shelf space in these stores and that's gone you're less likely to buy these just by finding when kids walk around it's gone now they're going to be fighting more for the uh 
you know, the far more the far the, the smaller spaces in places like Targets and Walmart's. Yeah, but but then how do you how do kids discover these toys? Well, by going to places like that with their parents, but like I said, it's going to be there's a lot less real estate there. So sm- even smaller toy companies are going to be pushed out or the revolving door of what's new is going to be insanely fast. So I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more failed toy lines. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Because you just have less space to show toys and not just toys. You're talking just children's uh, merchandise in general, whether it's like uh, outdoor play equipment, whether it's bicycles or anything like that. Toys R Us had a chunk of that too. And that's gone. You, it's, it's a little bit more different to me than like a, a, um, a, like a J.C. Penney or Macy's closing, or like a department store, because a department store has the same shit someone else does, or a Sears at this point has the same stuff for the most part you can get elsewhere. Toys R Us is really the place that you get toys at. It's the last place. It's a la- and it's the last place. So obviously, it's a shame that we're not buying toys anymore enough at stores. Obviously, it is. I'm not. This isn't a blame millennials thing, but I'm sure that more and more people. Need your screensaver. You gotta turn it off. Uh, more and more. People are just going on Amazon and buying, hey, we want a Star Wars toy. Why get in the car and do that? I'm just going to go and uh, buy it on Amazon and get free shipping. So Amazon's killing them. Target, I guess Best Buy is killing them to a smaller extent. I don't think Costco sells toys. That'd be interesting if they get into that. You know, they don't really, they really don't. I mean, they don't, from my they don't have it. They can probably fit it in, but you know. Yeah, they do video games, but not, I don't think they do toys. But it's, it's all smaller scale. Even Yeah, they sell books, but it's like 20 books. Whatever happened you know? to instant gratification, people? Well, I don't know. Whatever happened to spending time with children Dylan. out and about? <laughs> but so the other angle of this is that these stores are not going to be replaced by anything. That's, yeah. that's going to be it. You're going to have all these empty stores. And, and think about how huge Toys R Us stores are. Massive. They're They're big. So that one on Marina Boulevard, when that closes, that ain't getting replaced by anything. That's going to be empty forever for the most part. I don't see anyone moving into there, you know. And a lot of these, from what I read, which makes sense when I think about it, a lot of these shopping centers that have these Toys R Us stores, it's a main attraction there. Right, so everything else is going to... So if you, you bring the kids to go clothes shopping or, or go out uh, to search for uh, housewares to go to, like, Bed Bath & Beyond, oh, there's a Toys R Us there. We bring the kid there. So then that's eliminated. And that's the whole cultural thing then. Kids aren't going to want to go shopping with their parents anymore. Parents but, be one less likely to take their kids because that was always the thing. Oh, we can go to Toys R Us. We can buy a toy afterwards. Well, it's like when um, it's, an att- it's an attraction that's going to be gone. It's like when anchor stores leave a mall, everything else inside suffers. Yes. You know, the, the anchors pull you through the mall and you go to all the other stores because you are at the anchor store because at one point in time people actually went to Sears or JCPenney's. You went to that plaza because, okay, we can do all of our other stuff here at these other shops that are kind of interchangeable. And then, yeah, we're going to go to the Toys R Us. With that Toys R Us gone, you'll go find another plaza. You can go do your miscellaneous shopping in, and you'll find another plaza that's got a bigger store in it that you'll want to go to is kind of the main event, I guess. Or you'll, you'll find something with a movie theater. Unless in you don't even have if you, like we're we're in a suburbia where we have lots of options. Maybe you don't have lots of options where you live in, in the Midwest or whatever else. Maybe you have one shopping center sure. within twenty five minutes. And then Toys R Us is gone, and now the whole dynamic structure changes. So I'm going to do all my shopping online. Yeah. So this yeah. is this is worse for retail stores than Sears closing. This oh, is yeah. a chain reaction sort of event that could happen on top. Oh, yes. Yes, and we're gonna be. Am I gonna be sad? There's no more Toys R Us. Absolutely. Have I bought anything in Toys R Us the past five years? No. I'm just gonna be honest. I have not. I, 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 I have not seen a reason to go into a Toys R Us and buy anything. 
I've searched for stuff that wasn't in stocks because stock is fucking. This hurts the scalpers. Speaking of that too, this hurts the scalpers. Uh, yeah, that's a silver lining, I guess. I guess. <laughs> it is sad though. It absolutely is sad. I think someone will buy the brand, and then from there it'll it'll reappear some somehow else. I I cannot see a world where there's not toy stores. Maybe they just they just overextended themselves. Obviously, Toys R Us didn't. Uh, have a robust online selling sort of network. They once Amazon got ahead of them, they couldn't catch back up, which happens a lot of times with these stores. They take for, they they sit that, on the laurels. See, and that's to, the thing. I I think I've in the past like three years, I've probably bought more things inside of Toys R Us than on their website because their website was trash. Yeah, their website was absolute garbage. Garbage, absolutely. So um, I, I it, it's a sad day. It's not unexpected. Um, it's unexpected to happen this quickly, but I think someone will buy the brand. And someone will do something with it. Whether that, mean, whether that means reopening the FAO Schwartz that's going to be closed in New York and saying, okay, we're going to reopen that up because that can make money at least. Or, you know, maybe stores here and there that make sense. But yeah. maybe not having 700 stores, but maybe you have 40 stores or 30 stores or 50, which is basically what Kitty's, uh, Kitty City, they didn't have a huge amount of stores. They just had dozens. So maybe it'll, it'll live on. I haven't, I haven't seen a Toys R Us commercial, by the way, in forever. Those I don't want to grow up commercials. They don't exist anymore. I don't watch Saturday morning cartoons. So let's uh, let's uh, raise a glass to Toys R Us. Raise a Red Bull. Pour one out. I'm really can't miss four. Well, we're not going to cheers to it, but we're going <laughs> to pour one out. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. There's a million toys at Toys R Us that I can play, play with. with. From bikes to trains to video games. It's the biggest toy store there is. I don't want to grow up because maybe if I did, I wouldn't I be, would be a Toys, toys R Us kid. kid. And we did grow up, and now we can't be. Ian, have you tried online dating ever in the past? I always avoided it. Why did you avoid it? It was because, you know, lazy text messages, people never getting back to you, dead-end conversations, getting matched with people that you had no intention of having breakfast with, let alone dating, right? It seemed a lot like that. It seemed yes. a lot like that? Well, you, you, and you can't get to know someone just by looking by their picture. You need a, a nice match of, you know, chemi- chemistry and personality has to mesh. The soul. The soul has to <laughs> has to match. That's where eHarmony helps out. I signed up for eHarmony.com. I've already... Seen a selection, a, a bevy of nice quality women, good-looking women as well at the same time. So eHarmony is unlike any other online dating site. It takes steps that other dating sites don't in order to find you a more compatible match. They are built to help you find lasting, meaningful relationships, not just a shallow hookup site. Not into that. I'm getting too old for that. They've helped over a million people find their perfect match. eHarmony uses years and years of science, data, and psychological research to send you the right matches. They bring compatible people together. This is not a hookup site. I repeat, this is not a hookup site. This is to find a lasting, meaningful relationship. Someone you can go to brunch with. A brunch partner is always nice, right? Yes. yes you can go to Bally High with them. So right now, our listeners can get a free month with eHarmony.com when you sign up for a three-month subscription. Enter the code CUPODCAST at checkout. So stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps, but when you're ready to fall in love, fall in love there... Uh, with someone having a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love. That's eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. Enter our code CUPODCAST at checkout, and you'll get a free month when you sign up for a three-month subscription. Happy loving out there. Ian, you like to shave every once in a blue moon. It's been a while, but I yes. Sh- I shave a few times a week. Anyway, this portion of the CU Podcast <laughs> is going to be sponsored to you. 
by Dollar Shave Club featuring the Executive Razor. This is a six-blade razor and it comes with four cartridges. You can sign up at dollarshaveclub.com slash CU Podcast. Only a buck with free shipping. You can cancel at any time. Have you used these before? I have. This I sure is have. Smooth. Silky. I think six is enough blades, though. Once you go past six, you're getting a little nutty on us here. I go for two. You go for the two? They have, they have, they the, do. They have the humble twin. Yes. They do have the humble twin. They have, a, I think, a four blade and a two blade. And they have other stuff, too. They have, uh, they have shampoos. They have body lathers. They have conditioners. Amber lavender. Aber, amber lavender. I enjoyed it. Did you use it? I did. They also have the, um, one wipe Charlie's. Don't don't use it more than one wipe. That could be that can be a little dirty and nutty <laughs> in some cases. I don't know about that. But uh, these are nice. These are nice and soothing. On 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 the gentle behind, they're nice and soothing. <laughs> anyway, only a buck for this nice shaver, this nice razor, the executive or the humble twin. Uh, you can cancel anytime. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash cu podcast, and maybe Ian will shave in the future again. We'll see. Maybe. So we had our first uh, Patreon topic, Ian. Yes. Um, go to patreon.com slash CU podcast that you chose. And the choices were uh, cam girls that also stream video games. Uh, the other choice, uh, I'm already forgetting the choice. What was the second choice? Do you prefer Bush's baked beans or Campbell's? <laughs> no one likes Campbell's, do they? I don't think. I mean, Bush's is great stuff. So we have three choices, and you, and you guys chose... Uh, retro video games that blew us away the first time we played them. Oh, ethics of YouTubers reviewing free retro gaming products. That got 32%. 20% for cam girls who also stream on Twitch. 45% retro games that blew us away the first time we played them. So obviously when you're talking about games of this nature, you're talking about games, at least to me, that changed how you looked at games the first time like you looked at that game. Like, wow, this is doing something totally, totally different from yeah. before. It's a jump up in technology. It's a different game genre we hadn't experienced before some sort of effect or something totally different. So do you have an example of a game that, or a couple that blew you away? I have like five in my head I can ramble off. Yeah, I can, I, I can do a few. Um, Zelda 2 blew me away. I, I just hadn't played anything like that when I when I first got you it. You hadn't played like a side-scrolling sort of hack and slasher with RPG elements? Well, with that top-down, the, top -down the view mix before. of the side, the, the, the palaces, the fact that it was linear but not quite. You could actually do a bunch of things in different orders um that really kind of took me by surprise more so than even the original zelda i guess just because of the way they mixed really? and matched it so i was just gonna say zelda one was i mean zelda the open world you could go in any order you want technically you had to find your own way so to me that was the that revolutionary step oddly i played zelda 2 before zelda one oh, okay That's so fine. uh for whatever reason i didn't get zelda one until a little bit later um but that Dragon Warrior, because I had never played an actual RPG, period, before oh, okay. that. Um, F I hadn't either. F-Zero. F really? I had never seen anything like that That before. Racer? The, the, you never the, saw the, Racer? I, the Mode 7, I guess, blew me away. I had gone out stereo shopping with my dad. And so you hadn't played an arcade racing game that sort of simulated that? I hadn't seen it at home. Okay, so that's... Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking arcade. Obviously, okay. I had seen things like like Star Wars Arcade. If you want to talk about something that really blew my fucking mind, Star Wars the arcade game blew my mind. Yeah, I guess arcade games don't count as much just because you no. expect them to be that much better, yeah, especially in the 80s. Right, I'm, so I'm totally not talking arcade. And then, um, so F-Zero is definitely one. Um, I mean, if we're going to be a little bit loose, Doom was obviously a huge one. And then we didn't lose that. Yeah, Wolfenstein before that, but sure. Wolfenstein slash Doom because they're both about a year apart. 
and then revolutionary um, absolutely it's kind of a shoe and answer and it's not exactly as far back it's a little bit more recent than i would like but um yeah when final fantasy 7 came out that one blew that me was away. big for you yeah um obviously super mario brothers sure well, what is this world scrolling across? It's weird to play a game that all of a sudden scrolls, so you haven't experienced that before. Because mm-hmm. you're just you are literally discovering new things as you walk, like you would in reality when you're walking along. Like that was not an effect we had seen before. Yeah, I mean, like I that. guess I don't. People know say, why. people that say, oh, really what did. about Pitfall? Yeah, Pitfall was screens. You got a new screen with most of the same shit, rearranged, just different, rearranged. Yeah, um, Mario Brothers is obviously one that I should have mentioned. Uh, GTA Three revolutionary at the time uh, okay absolutely to a small extent driver had somewhat of a world you can drive around and do stuff but, but driver was pretty cool for me was it, was, it awesome. was mostly like the replay editor though that was something really cool to see on a console but gta 3 obviously the first i guess if you want to say realize open world game to that extent there had been something done like that before um something like talking about the fmv games from the cds from the mid 90s stuff like return to zork i thought was to me a revolutionary mm-hmm. type of game. I hadn't seen something like that before with all the people talking and interacting interacting with you loosely, but you make the choices. And that was special. That CD technology in the early 90s, if you hadn't seen that before, was something something different and new. Ha- having full audio and, and voices and uh, video of people. And usually the games weren't that good, but sometimes they were. And uh, yeah, so if you if you want to say, uh, I don't know, I, I, thought, I thought sometimes... You know what? I, I thought some of those Sierra games, those adventure games, were revolutionary in their approach. I Actually, Phantasmagoria, when I when I played it the first time, kind of blew me away too. That was also one of those like CDFMV games. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, it's a point and click, and in the end, I don't know how much I actually, if I, how much I would love it if I went back to play it. But at the time, it blew me away just because the whole thing was kind of done with a mixture of FMV and and, and 3D modeling. Is that a sequel to The Beast Within? The sequel is the Beast Within. The sequel is the Beast Within. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was, maybe I confused. Oh no, no. Beast Within is the first one. Puzzle of the Flesh is the second. Puzzle one. of Flesh. Yeah. It was one a Gabriel Knight game. Beast Within was a Gabriel. Oh, Knight ba- game. No. I always fucking forget no. this. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Just Phantasmagoria <laughs> is the first one. Puzzle of the Flesh is Puzzle the second one. Beast Within is Gabriel Knight. Okay, that's done the same in the game. same style. Yeah, there was three. There was three Gabriel Knight games. The third yes. one I always forget the name of. That's right. The first one's amazing. That those, yeah, those are to me revolutionary games. In a nutshell, you can find more. Hell, Star Fox kind of was first game. You, you, a little polygonal graphics. Yeah, you know, it blew me away the first time I played it. Keith Courage blew me away because that audio jump up and the visuals. I've seen the transformation into the robot. Oh yeah, yeah. First, come on. First time you see that, that's cool. You're playing fucking. I don't know. You're playing Bayou Billy, and then you go to that. Come on. Visually, Actually, I, I, I would, I would say Altered Beast over. Same Keith sort Courage. of thing, right? Yeah, but you yeah. see, I mean, the first time you see like that, that jump up on a console. Yeah. You know. Actually, Sonic the Hedgehog. I yep, remember okay. being. I, be, I remember being wowed by that. Watching it on a display in. It was like an independent circuit city that was at one point in time attached to a mall. Uh, the, the Walden Galleria Mall. I can't remember what it was called. It was short-lived, and I remember watching a demo of Sonic the Hedgehog, and it was in Spring Hill Zone, and that was immediately what made me want to go out and rake leaves that fall and get <laughs> a Sega Genesis. So my brother and I did it. All right. Well, that's uh, that's uh, some of the retro games that blew us away. Yeah. That's right. You want to talk about this White House meeting where violent video games real quickly and how silly and stupid this thing was? Sure. Let's talk about let's talk about that real quick. So, 
So Trump Trump decided, hey, with all these violent school shootings, well, I guess they're inherently violent, all these school shootings, he said, you know, let's look at violent video games because it's 1993. Let's take a look at the real cause of this, which he thought, was talking to the industry uh, leaders about this and having a dog and pony show, basically. Everything is a dog and pony show. So basically... You had a roundtable discussion. You had a roundtable discussion. At the White House. And... Representative Hartzler told the Washington Post that Trump opened the meeting by essentially showing a montage of clips of various violent video games, followed up by asking, man, pretty violent, huh? And that is basically the summary and, of what happened. And, and that and that uh, clip is online. It's an unlisted. Uh, it shows mostly Call of Duty and sniper clips and, you know, get, people getting shot in the head, get, guy getting his head taken off with like an axe. And it's, yeah, it's violence in video games. They, the, the no Russian infamous scene from Call of Duty, uh, Modern, Modern Warfare, Warfare 2, 2 is there. And it's like, yes, these are violent acts in video games. But there's violent vac- acts in movies. Now let me TV introduce shows. you to cinema. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? And I remind people that when you watch them on TV shows or in movies, they're actually using actors. And so they're actually more graphic, you say, more visceral because yeah. they're not like images. You know, it's almost like when Death Race came out in 76 and people were getting up in arms because you were running over little pixel people and people were that upset about it. It's like, and in retrospect, that's quaint that people were upset about that. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, it, it still can be upsetting to some people, but there's safeguards in place to for buying uh, violent video games. We have an ESRB board uh, to do that. So, of course, nothing got accomplished no. with this meeting. You had the people that the anti-violent games people have been around for fucking ever. They invite Jack Thompson. I don't know. Yeah, but he was tweeting about it, I'm sure, or talking about it. It's a it's a PR stunt. Everything is a PR stunt. It's like, look, we're doing this, and then nothing comes of it, but the announcement was made that something was going to happen, so it looks like things are being done, and, you know, people go, mm-hmm, things are happening. Yeah, I always forget things that. Things are being done. Uh, yeah, and we only have violent video games in the U.S., don't we? Oh, no, they're all over the world. Yeah. The same games. We don't have our own special violent video games in the U.S. Right. They, they're in Japan. They're they're in Europe, they're everywhere. So yeah, I was unaware of uh, limited run games making uh, you know uh, limited run lim- limited violence games. You know, limited violence. <laughs> they're cutting out the violence. No, limited run violence. You know, where they're just making violent games for for the U.S. market. Yeah, Doom's you know? only in the U.S. There's <laughs> right. there's bloodless zombieless versions elsewhere in the world. Just fucking silly. And it's not even at this point infuriating. It's just almost expected that you would come back to this point. And people just wanting to uh, deflect and just point elsewhere where they can. Where, oh, well, we don't want to actually come up with policies that actually might make sense. We're going to blame something that you you can't even scientifically blame, first of all, because there's nothing to link actual violence to video games. But we're just going to we're going to be cowards and just hide from real issues and real s- solutions or real compromise. Even that's just, yeah, that's the way the world works. But, hey, it look, makes it look good to our 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 constituents back home, maybe. You know, then we don't have to worry about the NRA. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that fucking disaster. All right. We're going to skip the Patreon Q&A since we're running out of time because Ian's here. Uh, he has to go early. Now, oh, not the, oh, the, the voice Q&A. We'll do it next time, uh, folks. But we'll do the Q&A time on the CU podcast. Your friend asks. 
Ian asks. Stop saying that. Come on. For for Lincoln asks, do you have concerns about collection items fading due to light exposure? Take any steps for protection. I don't want my stuff to look like it's been out at Kobe's all summer. Well, yeah, keep your keep your video games out of direct sunlight. <laughs> keep your games out of Kobe's. I, I I mean, I'm looking at games on that shelf that's now unfortunately farther away, and I can't reach something like Danny Sullivan's in the heat. So I'd say 98% of my labels are not faded. You know, they're fine. And those are games that are 25, 30 years old, if, if not more, because direct sunlight is awful. UV rays kill color of anything. So if you're indoors, for the most part, you're going to be okay because indirect sunlight's not going to do much. Um, natural sunlight, if it's not directly exposed, it ain't going to do anything to it. You're going to be okay. Now, if you want to get into... If you want to get like those box protectors, uh, there are those those do help. Are they UV resistant? I believe they are because it's, it's for, for, they're for storing cards and photographs. So especially in California where it's sunny all the goddamn sure, time. Sure, but we're not setting up our couch in the backyard and playing games. We're well, indoors. Not, not everyone has you know these well, shades nice or, or curtains like you. You can afford curtains. Like, Some people want to open their shades and not you know. I've opened my shades before. The, the, before I've opened my shades once or twice. What, what we record <laughs> in, the, in the, the old fucking small ass condo, they were open, you know. But yeah, just don't don't have direct sunlight pointed on your shit. I mean, have you? What do you do in the store to, to mitigate? Not factors? a whole lot. Not a whole. Have you noticed a lot of fading? Um, we we basically just try to uh, you know keep basically all of the cases that have um, exposed labels facing. Basically, we have all of our displays with things that would be especially valuable or things that collectors would really care about. That sort of condition, we have those facing on walls facing towards each other away from any large open windows and things like dollar bin or, or cheap PS2 games we allow near the large open windows. So if there's things that we can't do about, there's various things that we just can't do about sunlight because like I said, one of our locations has huge front windows. We just try to organize our collection and our setup so that um, you know the sun is hitting things of least value or things that are going to rotate quickly. Um, that's another thing you can do is that we do a lot of rotation at Luna. To um, I, I do rotate the games a lot at Luna to try to keep sun off of the spines on like PlayStation Two or original Xbox games, which would be the closest. So there's also rotation. So you can rotate your games. I guess Ian's trying to say if you, in your in your house. Yeah, if you're really but, in a place where you can't get. I'm trying to think of, I mean, almost everyone has curtains, though. So, I mean, that'll, as long as you dull the sunlight, you should be fine. They're not saying sunlight can't hit at all, but if you dull it, you're not going to see probably anything for like 50 years. It's really a matter of placement. Game. I think this is why I see most game rooms in basements and pictures. Well, that's because no, one wants, no, one, no normal person wants to see that shit, too, also. That's probably why as well. This is from, this is from at Crozy. Is using the limited run games replacement Sega CD slash Saturn jewel cases the same as using repro manuals slash carts? Would you consider reprints of labels and manuals by limited run to be legit copies or fakes? Well, they're not reprinting labels and manuals. They're 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 they are trying to come up. They announced it. They are going to do the, those long uh, Sega jewel CD slash Saturn jewel cases. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to answer a hypothetical about uh, labels and manuals. and Because that's copyrighted material. material. Yeah, and, and you would know our answer on a that. A jewel anyway. case is not a copyrighted material. No, I don't think using the jewel cases by limited run would be anything close to um, using uh, a repro manual or label or box um, because it's a jewel case. It's a non it's a non-unique item. It's yes. a non-specific piece of There's no intellectual property of that game. Um, it's just like if you were to replace a, a CD case on a PlayStation game, I'm not going to consider it any, put, any different. Let's put it this way: people are buying cheaper Saturn games, like like the Madden '97 for their Pan Panzer Dragoon Saga. Yeah, so they're already doing stuff like that. They're taking a materially the same item and transferring it over to another. So I don't see it's not it's not a counterfeit jewel case that doesn't exist. That concept doesn't exist. exist. Yeah, counterfeit jewel case does not that's not a thing. Yeah. So no, I don't think there's anything wrong with using um limited run jewel cases. If they're manufactured to the same spec and they look the same, it's the same jewel case. The only reason limited run has to do this is because you can't find those jewel cases in ready supply anymore. Yeah, and and they're and they're so so um, dainty, the little tabs that go over where they swivel. I found them on the floor before. I'm like, where did these come, come from? from? No, they're just there. They're, 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 they're just they're, they're, on the floor. They're, they're, their consistency is less than a waffle. I, I think the reason people are, are weirded about this, and it, it's silly, but the reason people get weird about this is because they're being called Saturn jewel cases. If someone came out and said, I'm making repro PlayStation jewel cases, they might be weirded out, but they don't need to because PlayStation jewel cases or are standard. just CD jewel cases. Yeah, there's so a standard people, one or two CD cases. So people can, can just go buy You can those. already buy those. Right. You can, and, you can buy those for the past 20 years and no one said anything. Right, and you just go online, you buy jewel cases. You don't have to type in PlayStation jewel cases. These, unfortunately, are not as available, so people think of them as Saturn jewel cases or tall PlayStation jewel cases, and because you have to designate them as such, people think of them as something special. And there might be a market in the future for follow-ups. I mean, uh, you know, for Turbo Graphics, for the place where you place the Hue card in. I wouldn't complain if someone did that. I really wouldn't. No, I don't I think I don't think there's an issue there. Like I said, as long as it meets the original specifications and it looks the same, it's just a jewel case. Because it's not counterfeit. Right. No one owns like a jewel case. You yeah. know, anyone can make a jewel case. There isn't a, a specific one. This is silly. This it's is silly. not even close. No, to there's the, nothing the wrong. There's nothing. nothing wrong. There's just, I don't see wrong. It, it's not changing the game to use a a a a new jewel case. This is at this is at Shintai Reviews. Why do you think? Why do you two think retro RPGs are so coveted? With a few exceptions, they're often the most expensive and difficult to find. I think RPGs are coveted for a, a, a few reasons. Um, one is that they weren't incredibly popular back in the day so they didn't get as high of print runs which makes them rare so for collectors they're oftentimes grails simply because they're not as easy to find um, maybe not as rare as you know um, the rarest games but they're usually 
in the middle in terms of commonality for or uh, how common they are for older systems like the nes especially the super nintendo uncommon game yeah you look at something like final fantasies or you know any really of the rpgs the the chrono triggers and stuff they're 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 always going to be at a certain price they're always going to be in the middle and um you know so for collectors they're popular for that reason but even as RPGs got more popular into the PlayStation 1 era, the PS2 era, where they did start to get slightly higher print runs and re-releases and like greatest hits, um, you know, greatest hits releases on the PlayStation 1, PS2. I, I think they maintain value because people see them as a, a bang for your buck sort of game. They're, they're replayable. They're replayable. Um, you know, there's always different ways you can build your characters, even if the story stays the same. But a lot of RPGs these days have multiple paths. Even even games back in the day did, like Chrono Trigger's got a bunch of different endings. Um, and they're they're generally long, even short ones at like 25 hours, you know, and longer ones at 100. These are just games that provide long-term well, value. It's also the genre itself has gotten maybe more popular than when they, these games were first released. Yes, that's, yeah. Supply, so so the, the, the supply back then was fine. The, the, you know, Earthbound, the best point where they, they made too many Earthbounds versus the interest probably. Obviously, they didn't market right, but people weren't interested. But now they're a lot more interested in it. Yeah. So they want to go back and buy it, and it shoots the price up to whatever. I think it's down to like 170 bucks now, but it was at 250 at one point. Right. So, um, yeah, that's, and that happened with a lot of those games. When people rediscover... Like Atlas as a company, you know, the, the PS1 releases, and they go back and discover all the Super Nintendo RPGs, or even some Genesis RPGs that I can't name because I don't know the Genesis library as well. But, you know, they <laughs> they go back and be like, oh, I didn't know about this game, but now I like the genre 20 years later. Let's go back and look at some of these hits that I might have passed out, you know, p passed on and that a lot of people did. And I can say that's probably why the only reason why a lot of people, like those Super Nintendo games in particular, the Super Nintendo RPGs, have just shot the hell up. In the past, you know, five, six years. They weren't always that expensive. Right. It was just like, oh, now I want to play these games. And for some reason, the emulator doesn't really account for that. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, it is what it is. And Ian makes money at Luna because of that, because of your interest. <laughs> it goes into his pocket. No. <laughs> it's time for one more. Uh, one more. We'll do one more. All right. This is, uh, at DSA Food Fender is streaming slash YouTubing. Or is streamer slash YouTuber this generation's equivalent of an unrealistic dream job? Um, I mean, for me, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, I, I see lots of my friends doing this. But lots of my friends have put years and years and years of effort into doing this. So the fact that I have lots of friends who do it, I, I, I feel like, oh, well, it's obtainable. I know lots of people who do this. But I know lots of people who do this because of the podcast because I met Pat. I think anyone could, you know, do streaming or YouTubing on the side, especially Twitch, maybe not so much YouTube anymore, but as a, as a full-time job. Yeah. I think that's becoming, you know, much more a dream job and as opposed to maybe something you do on the side for a little bit of cash. I, I think there's a difference between, uh, a stable job and a dream job because mm. because if, if you say is this a dream 
I don't I don't make enough money doing this for this to be necessarily a dream. You know, like like dream in terms of that it's I'm fortunate enough to be in a position I can do a podcast and make some decent living. Sure, but it's still a lot of hard work. So when we say dr- I hear dream, to me that's a different connotation. That's like not that it's hard to be a base. I mean, it's it's a lot of hard work to be a baseball player. But that's like a dream job, or to be an actor. Oh, okay. Or it's like it's like it's it's this a lot. Maybe because I've been in it for I've been in the game for almost ten years, but I never considered it a dream job because I I had to chip away and chip away to get to I'd say being a, uh, a middle class YouTuber is probably what the best description of me is. Okay. You know, and, and so dream, yeah. So is it un- is it Unrealistic to be a dream job, sure. You're not going to be uh, a YouTuber that gets 25 million subscribers where you're making... I'm talking about someone that's making like a half a million a year, a million a year, uh, millions a yeah, year. Yeah, that's totally... When you, when you say dream, no. Um, can can that still happen? Sure. You have that Dr. Disrespect guy came out of nowhere, but came up with one of the biggest streamers a couple years ago. You know, and he hasn't been doing it that long. You have other YouTubers that... Uh, come up, but th- those are by and large the exception. Obviously, they're not the rule, and that's like with anything else, whether it's acting or any sort of entertainment medium, music. You have a very small amount of people that rise to the top, and it's not always the cream. It's just the people that get the opportunities that get noticed. Sure, you know, or or you can grind away for for ten years and 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 get to what you want to be comfortable at for it to be some sort of decent recognition or not necessarily income, but it's recognition for what you do. But is it unrealistic? Uh, yeah, it's unrealistic overall for us to be like, yeah, I'm going to just make a living uh, doing this. And again, your mom may, mileage may vary. Your mom? It's, your mom may vary. <laughs> okay. San Diego is a lot more expensive to live than Norm's Kansas City. So if, if you live in an area of the country where maybe you don't need a huge income to have a house, you know, it might be a realistic expectation to have a job. But you're living in San Francisco or New York. It ain't realistic to be a streamer or YouTuber to make a living. It's not like those. It's not like the income changes based upon where you live. Unlike most right. other jobs, that's where people forget about that. So it's it's actually a detriment living some areas of the country versus others doing what I do. That means I'm gonna live with Norm. <laughs> I talk about with Norm. I say Norm, uh, we could I could buy a house or two on your street, your little cul-de-sac. We can have like YouTube Alley. <laughs> <laughs> we can have Gerard uh, live out here. We we can have Andre. We can we can have like Midwest YouTubeville. We can have like our whole, own neighborhood. And I was like half joking, half serious. That would be compound. that would be fucking funny, you know, if we had like our own little block of YouTube houses. <laughs> yeah. That would be amusing. <laughs> you move out there, Ian. You can you can run a store out in a Luna Luna Kansas City location, right? Kansas Luna. But don't give up. If if it's something you truly enjoy doing, though, do it. Yeah. If your heart's into it, do it. Pitter patter, get at her. Like that's why I said when, when they when they got rid of the the revenue sharing for people that didn't really have that many subscribers, they said, "Well, you know, it's discouraging because I thought I made it." And it's like, to me, that's not what the goal is: is to make the the, the middling amount of money I did forever. I made no money for the first like fucking four years at all. That really wasn't it. It was actually a passion. It still is a passion. Got to put up with him. It's not just you know, it's not the money. <laughs> so I hope you answered your question. Um, we're going to, we're going to come back to other Q and A's in the past because Ian's got to go to work. Thanks so much though for this CU podcast. Job Fo- job follow us two. on, uh, uh, on YouTube. If you want to subscribe or iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, Pobby, and whatever you listen to us, our Patreons, patreon.com slash CU podcast. We're going to, we're going to set up the discord. Ian's writing's going to go up in there and the exclusive videos are going to go up there and you can vote on a future, future Patreon, uh, topic. And, and we'll do the voicemail Q&A uh, next time because Ian has to get got to pay the bills in another way. 
and go to work. And that's it. That's it for the CEO podcast. So for Ian Ferguson. Bye bye. Um, Pat Contry. Ian looks like he has to take a piss, but no, he has to get going. So no, I'm just. <laughs> he's getting I answered. just shake. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs>